Hey guys, welcome back to Jakku Broadcast. My name is Melissa. And I'm Daniela. And we are here to talk about a few things today for episode three. Um, we're going to be talking about some of the new games that are coming out uh, later this year and also next year, the Jedi Fallen Order game. And also I'm going to touch upon, we're going to touch about the Lego game as well. Um, and then after that, we're also going to just talk about um, some <laughs> some recent comments by uh, Mr. Mark Hamill. We'll just uh, briefly touch upon that. But the main <clears throat> the main meat of this episode is going to be uh, Daniela's new favorite theory <laughs> about um, what, what, what are you going to talk about, Daniela, actually? Um, okay, yeah. So this theory is not actually my theory. It's um, so on the Reddit of Star Wars Cantina, um, there's this user called Blind Man Baldwin, and um, he made a post basically essentially saying that the end of the Rise of Skywalker is going to be... Um, so, like, the final confrontation between Ben and Ray is going to be, like, it's going to be them showing Palpatine some compassion. So, in the, um, in, like, the thing that I'm going to talk about, I'm just going to, like, talk about what, what's going to, what I think would happen or, and then, like, how other children's media compares to that kind of ending. And, yeah, it's actually, like... <laughs> something that I'm very excited about like the theory like I don't, I'm not sure I want it to happen I hope that that's how it's, it's gonna go so we'll see yeah it's I'm still sketchy on it but I know that you've you really honed on in on it on, and you told me about it a lot <laughs> extensively so um who knows you know I, I want to I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it again um okay so let's start with the video game portion. Um, we're going to talk about... We can start with Jedi Fallen Order since I think that's the next That's the next game coming out anyway. Yeah, okay. So um, essentially, we were first introduced to Cal, who is the main character of this story at Star Wars Celebration, right? And you were there? Yes, I was there at the Celebration panel for Jedi Fallen Order. And it's kind of funny because nobody knew that Cameron Monaghan was going to play Cal Kestis. Um, there were some rumors. It was kind of funny because I didn't even hear these rumors. You before. know, that, that really syncs up well with the fact that um, he's on Shameless and that's in Chicago. And with, <laughs> yeah. the, with the Chicago, I'm not sure how, like, I, how popular is Shameless in Chicago? Do you know? Or is it just it's, like the other It's show? pretty popular. Like, some of my family members have actually gone to, like, the locations on the, on the south side of where they shoot. And they oh, have seen some of the characters for Shameless. So yeah, it's kind of it's popular. Um, actually, I work across the street of some of the locations where they shot, like in the hospital. Oh, okay. So it's kind of cool to see like the actual place where they shot, like a certain scene, like in the hallway. But you yeah, know. like you actually see the <laughs> city when you're like um, yeah. when you're watching the show. If you do watch it, I'm not sure if you do, but I yeah, I do watch it. But yeah, yeah. okay. So yeah, um, and it was yeah, like I was saying, it was funny because. I didn't know about these rumors that Cameron Monaghan was going to be in it until like I was sitting there like waiting for the for the panel to start. And I was um, like I was just sitting there and it was like it was like a big countdown clock, and I was just like googling the game just to you know waste time. And then like I just started seeing these rumors 
that um that about the game but i didn't really know what was going on and then like the panel started and then they showed us the trailer like pretty pretty early on i think and then they showed us the main character and i was like you know that guy kind of looks like ian from shameless (laughs) yeah the way they did the um the way like i feel like i'm not i don't know anything about games but i like how he looks in the game like in the gameplay that they showed at um what's that conference called the game conference yeah at e3 the sh- gameplay i'm like this looks really good like you wouldn't yeah, see that it does look it did look fun so i even told my cousin when i was sitting there like next to him i was like you know he kind of looks like ian from shameless and he's like oh really like oh okay i don't know <laughs> he didn't really he doesn't really watch shameless but and then i started googling it some more and i was like i was googling pictures of cameron monahan i was like you know what this looks exactly like him so then like right when they announced him and he came out i was like oh my gosh i was right <laughs> i was really excited that he was there um and i took like a million pictures of course from far away <laughs> um but yeah he he was like really excited about the game too and they they showed us like behind the scenes pictures of him like doing the motion capture for the game and doing all these crazy stunts so i'm like super excited for this game and just that just that we're getting a really like i from the i would say maybe the force unleashed when it came out like we're we're getting a new game kind of like that for the first time like from like past the Force Unleashed, uh, after the Force, Force Unleashed came out. And was that um, a game that had actual like story to tell? Or- it was. It did have story. Um, he was the main character for the Force Unleashed was uh, actually became like Vader's like apprentice. But that's not really considered canon anymore. Canon anymore. Yeah, so- Vader didn't have an apprentice. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be that person. Well, as far as we know. <laughs> Until he does. Yeah, until they until they bring that back or something, then we're not gonna know. Um, but yeah, what else did they talk about? They was the main the main idea about this game was about this Padawan that he's still considered a Padawan, um, Cal Kestis. He survived Order sixty six, um, so he's kind of laying low now. Um, and he does, I think, meet this other like Jedi Knight who also survived Order sixty six, and they kind of tag tag along with each other Wait, he meets another jedi knight what yeah she he does he meets another jedi knight it's a i forgot her name it's a female um and yeah i think she she kind of helps him out a bit i think i'm not i'm not exact they haven't told us almost anything about it it's just that she's she, yeah typical star wars not telling us anything about any other projects They're super hesitant about the story um but like the storyline also you're, we're gonna see saw guerrera come out from rogue one he's the connecting he's the connecting thread of all star wars that's right he's been in all star wars media i think he's the only character to do that which is really cool like just yeah. seeing a, a, like a a non like jaded <laughs> saw guerrero with like all of his abilities still because he looks pretty beat up in rogue one he's like old yeah. and He's tired. <laughs> He's tired of the war, but it'd be nice to see what he was like beforehand. So obviously this is taking place uh, after episode three and before episode four in the series. So um, this is going to be not exactly... They've been teasing like kind of an open world structure. And I mean, I don't know if since you don't really play games, like open world means like you can kind of explore a lot, um, go anywhere you want. Um, kind of pick and choose where you go 
and just kind of interact with like the landscape a lot. So um, like Zelda, Breath of the Wild, or whatever. Yeah, well, I guess when I when I think of open world games, my type of open world games would be like Grand Theft Autos. Okay, I, that's a good reference. Yeah, <laughs> like game. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. used to play it. You know, well, I used to play it because my brother had it, and um, I would just always go. I would be the pizza person. Like I would <laughs> deliver pizzas or drive taxis. Like, oh my god! That's what I did at the game on the game, and like kill people, obviously. <laughs> yeah, well, that's like my this. That's my definition of an open world game. So I don't think this one is going to be exactly an open world as that like that much. But they did tease that you could. They said retraverse worlds. So if you do come upon a world like in your storyline, you can go back to it, like as you improve with your force powers. So it's kind of like, let's say you go to like a Skyrim map or something and there's like a, maybe like a wall or a door that you can't open yet. So it kind of teases that you have to come back when you're stronger and open it. So okay. I think it's something yeah. like that. And um, he looks pretty powerful. He um, kind of—I'm not sure if it's exactly the same move that Kylo showed in The Force Awakens, like right at the beginning where he stops the blaster. But um, he, in the gameplay that the show, they showed at on at like E3, they had something similar, right? Yeah, that he kind of—he's able to freeze people, uh, freeze blaster shots. He's so. overpowered. <laughs> he's a Mary Sue. <laughs> um, he's a Padawan. Why is he so powerful? Oh my god! Yeah, like <laughs> I think. Uh, well, obviously, you're gonna be able to like upgrade his powers and get more powerful. I'm assuming, you know, because that's basically all games. But yeah, no, it's, really, <laughs> <laughs> no. You're just gonna start off really powerful and never get better. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um. So, like I said, it's not exactly a, an open world, but it's not exactly also so linear either. Something so that interested me about the game, sorry, um, something that interested me about the game was the fact that it kind of seems like they're going into the world between worlds, but obviously that could just be like the... Yeah. Um, that could just be the aesthetic. like Some of the, the art. The art. Especially like the, the countdown clock, like that first uh, art we got for the, for the, for the game. Like with that lightsaber in the middle, mm-hmm. it looked like that. It did look like some. And this is dropping before episode nine, right? Yeah, it's coming out in November of this year. Hmm, interesting <laughs> timing. I wonder if that has anything to do with anything. <laughs> I'm stroking my non-existent beard right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of Easter eggs in here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so like along with his force abilities, uh, he'll be able to do some like of the classic lightsaber moves that we all love where you can like throw it like a boomerang and hit some people on the way back. That's right. I love that part. That was in the Battlefront games, like in the originals. And I really miss that, by the way. Um, and there's also going to be like a parrying system that I think is going to be kind of like, I don't know if you know it. It's like the, uh, Dark Souls game where basically... The way you fight is going to be really important. Like, you can't just button smash your way all through the levels. You have to actually pay attention to your opponent, see, like, how they fight, and just kind of make moves against them strategically to take them down. So I think that's going to be also really important to me. I really love that fact. So it's not just like you can just press a button and, oh, look, he's dead. You know, you have to use your brain a little bit. So I, I like that part. Yeah. 
that seems interesting because usually people just you know button smash or yeah <laughs> key smash button smash yeah all right so is there anything else about the game that you want to talk about or do you want to go on to lego um no i think we covered everything uh, we're gonna see some new some new worlds some new planets and also planets we have seen before like kashik Kashyyyk's going to be in it, definitely. A lot of people have said that the demo has Kashyyyk on it or something. Uh, he's definitely trying to, for some reason, he's trying to find the Kashyyyk uh, chief. I forgot his name already, but it's uh, he's trying to find him for some reason. And when they ask him why, he's like, oh, it's Jedi business. So there's something going on. And we're probably going to see the Wookiees and Kashyyyk and all these new other planets. So I'm super excited. But yes, let's move on now to Star Wars Lego, which is coming out in 2020. I'm going to be so poor <laughs> with all these games Don't coming worry. out. Don't worry, I think this one won't come for a while because they haven't even been told the Rise of Skywalker um, story yet. So Yeah, they haven't made that yet, obviously, because it's not out yet. So I'm hoping maybe next summer it'll come out. I would say it wouldn't be till like October, just because I know that a lot of games come out at that time because they want people to purchase them for Christmas and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, that makes sense. I wouldn't be surprised. Because on the Amazon um, pre-order, it has it as like December 31st, <laughs> 2020. What? So I, that's like obviously a placeholder. Right. It's, it's just, not going to come out New Year. That would be painfully long. I know. but. Yeah, so basically you can for this game, you can like play if you can start at whatever story you want to start. Yeah, right. you can you can choose whichever saga, whatever movie, whatever saga or not saga, just whatever trilogy you want to start out with. Like if you want to start off in The Phantom Menace or if you want to start off with A New Hope. Yippee. You can totally do that. You can pick wherever you want to go. And I think this is going to be a lot more open world than Fallen Order. Because they're teasing that you're going to be able to do a lot more with the environment than previous Lego games. Like, you'll be able to break more stuff. You'll be able to take stuff off the wall and kind of, like, use it as, like, a projectile in the force. Um, it's super cool. I and wonder if the Revenge of the Sith part will include Yoda fighting Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they better. <laughs> they better add that in, too. That was a yeah, dope point. I feel like, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to split their levels. Like, for example, for, like what they're going to choose, like what stuff is going to be in the like Star Wars, the last Jedi portion and et cetera, et cetera. Cause there's so much I feel like, right? Yeah. I know that they mentioned that each movie or each part will get about 10 to 15 minutes of storyline each. So it's not like Wait, really, yeah, that there's still going to be some storyline and a good amount of it too. So that's okay. going to be really fun. And I'm, there's like a bunch of worlds you can explore, a bunch of characters. Like this is going to be the biggest Star Wars Lego game ever. Now, I know they said that they were making new like new gameplay for each of the previously like you know how they already had the prequel Lego games and they had the original trilogy Lego games. I'm wondering yeah. if that also applies to the Force Awakens gameplay or if it's going to be the same. That would be cool. I mean, I don't know if they said anything. I haven't heard that. But that would be cool to get more like Game a new yeah. gameplay, but I don't know. Maybe they'll just like, like move it on to move <laughs> it over to the game. Yeah, I know that they mentioned um, at E3 that right now the plan is to have like a fully voiced cast, but they're considering adding like a grunting mode or the mumbling mode. 
Yeah, I hope that like I hope John Boyega. I feel like he would be down to playing Finn, and I hope Daisy and like I hope the whole like uh, sequel trilogy cast comes back. But I know that they probably can't. Like, well, I don't know. In the the Force Awakens one, didn't uh, they do that? Like, I remember. Yeah, they did it. But like, is in the battle or in the Battlefront games? I think that um, the Battlefront games. No, they didn't. I know. Sad reacts only. Um, Daisy, does she play Ray in the second one or no? In the second Battlefront? Yeah. No, none of, no, they didn't. Yeah, so who knows? Maybe we shouldn't expect the sequel trilogy cast to be in the game, but it will be fun if they were. Yeah, I mean, I really, I just want to hear Adam, like, talk as a Lego. Yeah, because the Lego games are so funny. They're so cute, you know, especially, I know, I know what, I like the mumbling and the grunting too. Like, that's, that's kind of like how Lego games are. Yeah, that's pretty much what we know right now for the games. Um, I'm sure we're going to know more later on, too, eventually when it gets closer. Yeah, I wonder when they're going to tell them the story for Rise of Skywalker. Probably not till they'll... Not till the movie comes out. (laughs) Yeah, probably, or maybe not till, like, maybe they won't tell them till the, the movie is done, like, done, done. Yeah, like, production is done, the editing is done. Yeah, but we'll see. All right, so let's move on to something that kind of was stirred up in the internet recently. I know, and it's so clickbaity because what he said wasn't even bad. But um, yeah, so go ahead. So Mark Hamill had an interview uh, while he was doing the Chucky premiere. So of course somebody has to ask him about Star Wars because of course you know nobody could let that die. So they asked him like if he if they was if this was it playing Luke like if this was it. And, like, keep in mind that they've said this is the end of the Skywalker saga. So why would he say anything else? But he says, basically, um, they ask him, are you done playing Luke? And he essentially says, he says, I sure hope so. And then he's like, I had closure in the last movie. The fact that I'm involved in any capacity is only because of the peculiar aspect of Star Wars mythology, where if you're a Jedi and you get to come back and you if you're a Jedi, you get to come back, make a curtain call as a force ghost. So, you know, the fanboys like jumped all over this. Well, it's because of, you know, the clip. I, first of all, I don't understand why it's so controversial for him to say that he's done playing Luke because of course, duh. And uh, second of all, just, I don't understand why media, the media, well, I'm not trying to be like, oh, the media sucks, but like, obviously they want to get those clicks and like, you know (laughs) what I mean? What he said wasn't even bad. He said it in a joking way and he was, he seemed okay. Like, it's not like he was like, oh yeah, S, screw Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, I think people actually need to like, listen to the, like read the, or not read it, just watch the interview, watch the video and actually hear how he says it, like his tone of voice. Like he wasn't saying it like in a oh I hate I hated the last Jedi so you know obviously Star Wars is ruined for me yeah like he, he like he's like he's not like Star Wars is ruined for me forever I hope I've never looked ever again like he's not acting like that he's basically just saying like yeah you know this is this was the close this was closure for me and and Rise of Skywalker is a curtain call for Luke so it's not like he really expects to come back. So he- so essentially he said that he's not the Skywalker that's rising, huh? I mean, wink, wink. What did you know? <laughs> no, we I think of- the whole fam. I think, you know, this is my bold prediction that it's going to be the whole family rising. 
I like, mean, yeah, it's I think the Skywalker family writing. <laughs> I know everyone's like, it's maybe Ben, and I think it is going to be Ben, but I also think it's the whole family. I'm just, I can't understand how some people just assumed, because there's some fans that really just thought that Luke was going to be resurrected from the dead, and they thought, yeah, that's what this, the Rise of Skywalker means. But that's, I, I don't understand how some people could come to that conclusion. And I mean, Mark Hamill pretty much just tells you, yeah, I'm just going to be a force ghost and my time is kind of limited on the movie also. So it it just shows you that, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. I mean, we all, like, I, like you said, we all kind of knew that, but some people just didn't. So I think it's a spoiler for those people who didn't really know that. They just, they thought what they thought. But, you know, <laughs> it's only a, a spoiler for like one percent of the <laughs> for- population, because doesn't that in The Last Jedi, he says, see you around, kid. Like we knew he was going to come back from that line. He literally says no one has ever really gone. <laughs> that tells you repeated, right there. It's repeated in the um, trailer, in the trailer. For the Rise of Skywalker. He was, and know- he's talking in the trailer. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> talking and then he also somebody. you know how they said that he was going to be the one that rised it's he literally says but it's your story now to whoever he's speaking like yeah it's your story as like, it's not his your fight it's not your us fight. your fight yeah yeah it's not the og characters anymore this is this is all about the sequel peeps now yeah so yeah i think it, it, it wasn't that bad but of course no. I think people have, or there's this section of the fandom that's like, yeah, Mark Hamill talks crap about Star Wars. And then there's the other half of the fandom that's like, oh, Mark Hamill's talking about Star Wars again. Look at that guy. And then, but like, I think this was very much in the middle. Like he was just saying, yeah, I'm going to come back and this is my last movie. And But yeah, so is there anything else before we get into the second section? No, I think we covered everything that's recent. Okay, so um, Melissa's going to be signing off now, and then I'm, it'll just be me. I'm going to bow out as Danny goes on her her manifesto. <laughs> her <laughs> manifesto, yeah. yeah. But I, I'm curious to see what other people think about this theory as well, so hopefully we'll get some feedback on that. Yeah. Um, maybe you guys can convince me that this is going to happen, or... Um, I think you're not going to be able to be convinced because I think you're like, I don't believe this, but it's okay. It's it's fine. Like Before you get into it, I'll just say like for this theory, I think I I like the idea. I just don't know how it's going to, how they can make it happen in the movie. Like that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So we'll, we'll uh, see if you can convince everybody else. Heck yeah. I'll try. Well, well, I'll just be talking about it. So we'll see. We'll see. Peace out, guys. Bye. It's broken. Can you understand what he's saying? I'm not a protocol droid. I'm pretty sure that beep is down. I sense Count Dooku is above us. Oh, yes, 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 you're right. Beep is up. I think. Okay, so what I just wanted to talk about was Palpatine's role in episode nine. I think that his role is obviously going to be super important because he's the Phantom Menace. He's been behind everything essentially of all the bad stuff that has happened to the galaxy. I mean, obviously people have their own faults and they have their, like the people involved, like the Jedi didn't pay attention to what was going on. And then Anakin let the power seduce him. And so 
it's Palpatine's fault, but it's also everybody else's fault. But his role is essentially the probably like the most, well, one of the most important aspects of episode nine, because we need to find a way to finally defeat him once and for all. So Star Wars has always been about, you know, it's been a story for children, for what children need to learn in life to be better people. And George Lucas, he he's kind of like a hippie where he's always emphasizing you know the light side aspects so love compassion hope and anything that's kind of you know possessive so like what Anakin felt for Padme his love was possessive and that's always frowned upon and that road tends to lead towards you know misery I think it's really important to keep that in mind when going into episode 9 because you know the Star Wars themes it Star Wars encompasses themes such as forgiveness, redemption, compassion, and hope. And, you know, those themes are themes that kind of like our society doesn't really, you know, value as much as they probably should. We kind of tend to think that, you know, bad guys bad guys need to be defeated with, you know, violence and that's what they deserve and all that stuff. And um I think we can see that with how fandom has reacted. Certain fat factions of the fandom have reacted to, you know, Carlo Ren, who is Han and Leia's son, and Personally, I think that Kylo Ren is on a redemption path and I think him and Rey are gonna, you know, fix the wrongs of their previous generations and, you know, have um, a happy ending. I think Ben Solo is gonna have a happy ending with his family and uh, I think that he's gonna be forgiven. I think that once Rey forgives Kylo, I think the well i think leia is also going to forgive him and i think leia's forgiveness is probably the most important scene as that's his mom but like once she forgives him and you know ray forgives him i think the whole galaxy or at least the whole resistance isn't they're not going to be like you know i don't accept that and maybe they will but i think the story is going to be simple and that he's going to do something that's going to be you know big to save the resistance and so I think that's going to be what's going to happen with Kylo. And I don't think maybe he'll have his like hand chopped off as the Skywalkers have had before. But who knows what's going to happen there. I think he's going to be alive. And I think his, you know, I don't think he's going to be punished for it. I don't think his force is going to be taken from him because I think that would be too. That would be like kind of sad. So that's my personal read on Kylo Ren's part. And, you know, where does Palpatine fall in all of this? Like, Kylo is going to have a life that, you know, post his um, dark-sided self, it's going to be like him living a life that Anakin never got to live. And I think that's really interesting in terms of, you know, what's going to happen with him, although I don't think we'll be able to see it. But I think like where Palpatine is going to fall in is also going to be vital to Ben Solo becoming the person that he is. So he's not a Palpatine is obviously not a sympathetic character in it by any means. And he's probably one of the only characters that the entire fandom is like, yeah, he needs to go. I mean, obviously there's people who like Palpatine and, you know, people who love villains and, you know, that's valid and that's fine. But, you know, he needs to go for the Skywalkers to, you know, finally find their peace and for the galaxy to find their peace. And so Palpatine has a selfishness that is like Voldemort's in that he only wants, like, he doesn't really care about any human life. He doesn't care about any breathing people or, you know, um, aliens or creatures or anything. He doesn't care about life. And the Force is life. And Palpatine only cares about two things, which is probably finding the most power ever and immortality, which, as you can see, he has avoided death 
several times. Um, once through Mace Windu, he avoided that death, and then he avoided death through like Yoda whenever Yoda fought him, and then he avoided death in uh, Return of the Jedi, which was a shock for all of us because we all thought he was gone, but he's not. And I think his um his the only thing he cares about besides immortality is you know gaining the most power he wants the most control over people and i think in the episode a world between worlds of um rebels we were finally told what he wants access to he wants access to a world the world between worlds which is you know it's not time travel but it's portals into different times and you can choose to like impact events or you cannot and it takes a really like strong person to go through them and like just accept that that what's happened has happened and everything but you know palpatine he wants to control the whole universe so having access into that we see that whenever he tries to gain access to it by attacking Ahsoka and um, Ezra. He tries to attack Ezra and Ahsoka and they get away, but we finally have like the person who controls the world between worlds controls the universe. We're finally told that. And I think that that's vital for the end game of um, The Rise of Skywalker. And I know a lot of people have issues with the um, animated series connecting to the movies, but I think that there's a synergy within Lucasfilm where it does connect. And you can see that through um, Maul, Darth Maul. He obviously survived. So um, I don't think Lucasfilm personally has any issues with connecting, you know, the animated series worlds and the uh, movies. So essentially, we learned that the world between worlds, whoever controls it, controls the universe. And we also learned that Palpatine is very knowledgeable of what's going on in the force like he knows what he needs to get and maybe he doesn't know how to get it because he doesn't understand the light side of the force and he doesn't understand you know those kinds of things and so that's why i think that probably in episode nine he will attempt to use rey and kylo to gain access to the portal and um I think he's going to try to control the Skywalker family again. You know, he's going to try to control Kylo, who has just recently gotten rid of his previous master, who is Snoke. He's probably not going to be happy to accept another master because he's the supreme leader. But who knows what's going to happen there? And... So I think his ending is going to be different from Return of the Jedi. And I think whatever happened in episode six was not enough to truly get rid of him, you know. And, you know, George Lucas says, or I think somebody who worked on the Clone Wars said that they didn't, they weren't able to put a Sith. Um, they were going to add a Sith character in the Mortis episodes. So as a force ghost but then george lucas stopped it and said that you know uh the sith can't be force ghost and so i don't think palpatine's gonna be a force ghost because of those rules and i mean they might change those rules but i think they probably respect george lucas enough not to you know george lucas's word is probably gospel or at least whenever it's like in terms of working on actual you know like the rules of the series and everything and the franchise um but yeah so i don't think palpatine's gonna come back as a force ghost although he might come back as like you know a force energy i don't know i don't know exactly how he'll come back i i can sit here and probably guess a million times and get it wrong but i'll just have to wait for the movie to come out <laughs> but yeah whatever form they go up against i think they will have to defeat him in a way that they haven't before um i think that usually the fights are like okay so the hero ha is tempted by palpatine and then palpatine's like yes give in to this and then they're like wait no that's not what we need to do and um 
then Palpatine either gets away or he um, quote unquote dies or, you know, um, but I think that it's going to be a different um, ending because we need to like justify the sequel trilogy's place in the Star Wars canon. So like Rey, who needs to find her place in all of this, I think uh, the sequel trilogy also needs to solidify like this is why we're here. This is what needed to be fixed and what needed to be done for the galaxy to truly be in balance that wasn't done before and i think having a final confrontation between ray and kylo and palpatine that ends up with them being like you know why don't you show some remorse we have ray who's probably the most outside of shmi skywalker and maybe padme ray is also the most like compassionate character ever like she's she feels emotions deeply and she can like she felt kylo's really deeply and i mean i don't think that there's going to be some sort of hand touch scene between like ray kylo and palpatine or anything where they have to like they end up seeing each other for who they are but i think that those with ray and kylo i think they'll have to show you know some compassion towards palpatine and you know um that kind of sounds crazy like what why why does palpatine get this respect but i think that that compassion is going to lead to palpatine's you know fall you know i think we already saw with snoke where you know kylo he killed snoke with the skywalker um lightsaber and um that was good for him but that was in the last jedi so that's between that was in the second act of the trilogy so i think we're gonna see something completely different and kathleen kennedy actually gave a quote about how um compassion's gonna grow in this franchise so it says i think we can't explore in quite as much detail issues of compassion the way lucas did in terms of the values of the jedi but we're gonna get there let's put it that way the arc of all three movies that will increase and um she obviously and she also said that palpatine was going to be back um from the they were planning on him to come back from the beginning so and i believe her i think that he was because i think that the end of the skywalker saga i think has to deal with palpatine because he is the main bad guy of the whole series if you think about it like he's in control of vader he you know, all that kind of stuff is all Palpatine. So in Return of the Jedi, we see Luke and Vader fighting. And, you know, um, Darth Sidious eggs Luke on and like he tells him to embrace the hate inside of his heart. He says, your hate has made you powerful. Let the hate flow through you and your transformation to the dark side will be complete. I think that he goads Luke on to embrace his feelings of hatred and anger and embrace the power of the dark side, you know, so that he could like kill Vader and he can become, you know, Sidious's apprentice because those emotions lead to the dark side. But, you know, Rose Tico, she basically summed all of Star Wars up when she said, that's how we're going to win, not fighting what we hate, saving what we love. Luke exemplifies that quote in the moment whenever he stops fighting vader he says i'm not gonna kill you and then he's obviously you know palpatine attacks him with force lightning and and all that and then vader finally kills him and then luke's luke shows that strength once more whenever he goes up against his nephew kylo ren so luke obviously has a partial bit of blame you know you can blame him just a bit for what happened to kylo because you know kylo was lost and then he saw his uncle standing above him with you know the saber so i think that was a partially why kylo went to the dark side but um i think in the last jedi you see that um luke really cares about saving his family he can't save ben 
but he force projects himself onto Crate so that he can go up against him. And, you know, I think that that's kind of symbolic of like healing his wounds. Like he's trying to help save Kylo, even though he can't, but he's like making a way, making it so that Kylo doesn't actually kill any of the resistance off and he doesn't kill, obviously, Leia. And essentially, it's kind of like whenever you're just like getting it all out, you know, getting all your anger out. And I think that's some like really important towards Luke's character because he chose not to fight two times, like against his father and against his nephew. And I think that is the way towards, you know, being balanced, a balanced individual, you know, letting go of all the hatred inside of you and the negative emotions. Like he could be like, okay, you know what, Kylo, I am going to fight you. And then like fights him. And then that would be essentially like narratively that wouldn't do anything towards the plot because Kylo already has his issues with Luke. So another fight would have been like completely weird. And (laughs) Kylo is on his journey towards letting go. He's not there yet, but I think helping Luke helped him get all his anger out like as you can see at the end of the last jedi kylo was pretty defeated he was like sad and he was he held his dad's dice in his hand and um i think that the salt it went from white to red to white i think that's symbolic of healing wounds as well and luke was able to help him get that out of him his you know his spirit or whatever like his kylo's whole thing is being against his legacy and not fitting in through the skywalker lightsider name and yeah and i think this is where the final confrontation will come in so instead like finally after all this we finally have a mature kylo who or a mature mature ben who is like you know what palpatine i'm just gonna let it go all this hatred i have towards you and towards the whole world i'm just gonna let it go i'm gonna move on because i think that's the only way for the skywalkers to move on they have to let go of their fear you know they probably fear palpatine probably the most and all that stuff and i think we'll get that through kylo and ray confronting him and i don't think it's gonna be like the last jedi because like i already said they already killed snoke that way i think it's gonna be something that we don't expect as a society like star wars fans i think everyone's like okay so this is gonna happen luke's gonna show up as a force ghost and then you know palpatine's just gonna die and how he dies is probably the most important part because i think if they show him compassion and they're like you know what we're gonna let this go all this stuff i don't think palpatine will know what to do with it i think it'll destroy him you know george lucas in an interview with bill moores he actually said everybody has the choice of being a hero or not being a hero every day of their lives and you can either help somebody you can be compassionate towards people or you can treat people with dignity or not And one way you become a hero and the other way you're part of the problem. So ultimately, Palpatine is the most evil. I don't want him to go on a redemption arc. I just have to say that. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. But I'm trying to say that, you know, for Kylo and the Skywalkers to truly like, you know, let go, they're going to have to, um, they can't hold any resentment towards Palpatine anymore. They can't let him, they can't let that get to them anymore because that's just going to lead to more fear and more resentment and towards another path towards the dark side, you know? Okay, so now I'm going to go on to like children's media. So Harry Potter, the final confrontation between him and Voldemort is essentially Harry Potter using a defensive mechanism against Voldemort and everybody like laughed at Harry Potter whenever he always used Spelliarmus to save people. But um, 
I think that's a part of his character. He doesn't murder. He doesn't want to murder. That's not something he wants to do. Like, even against his old-time enemy who killed his parents. And um, I think that him just using a disarming spell shows a lot about, you know, children's media. Like, the ultimate message for children's media is, you know, showing compassion, being positive, that kind of stuff. And, like, the final confrontation, Harry says, it's your one last chance, and it's all you've got left. I've seen what you'll be otherwise. Be a man. Try. Try for some remorse. And I think that's important to keep in mind in terms of, um, you know, Voldemort. Because all Voldemort cares about is power and immortality, which is essentially exactly what Palpatine cares about. Palpatine cares about controlling people. And a Sith lives without love because they reject any emotion that will help them closer to the light. And Dumbledore, who is Harry's mentor in the series, he says, Do not pity the dead, Harry. Pity the living, and above all, those who live without love. And Voldemort's end is ultimately because of his own hubris and his wand works against him and it's not Harry who kills him. He doesn't give him a killing blow or whatever. It's Voldemort's own fault that he dies, essentially. Similarly to that, in Avatar The Last Airbender, Aang, who is the Avatar, um, he chooses not to kill Ozai. Like, all the previous incarnations of the Avatar, they all tell Aang that he must kill Ozai and Aang is an air nomad who respects all life and loves life and everything and he has issues thinking about how he's gonna kill Ozai so at the in the final confrontation he's like hey Ozai we don't have to fight you know and what happens is through the whole fight he uses defense mechanisms and that's a really important trait for a lot of children's media like you know using a force um force sorry using a defense to confront the final bad guy because you don't want to kill him because if you like killing is not the message ultimately that people want to be giving children like the most evil needs to be killed and it's not until he um in the final confrontation, Aang, like, all his incarnations, like, take over his body and he becomes super powerful. And then that's when he starts attacking Ozai. But um, at the end, whenever that version of Aang is gonna, you know, kill Ozai, Aang comes back onto his body. And what he ends up doing is taking away his bending powers. He takes away Ozai's bending powers because he doesn't want to just, like, to take someone's bending powers, you have to make sure you have pure intentions like you don't want to use those powers for yourself and you know Aang didn't want to use those for himself because he already had all the bending powers that he needed so he doesn't need someone else's power he just needs to figure out a way to like stop Ozai without killing him and he does like he takes away the powers so those are two methods where the main antagonist or main hero protagonist end up not killing the bad guy and obviously these did cause complaints but you know children's media is not about death or it's not about killing it's not about like that's how you're gonna defeat them by killing like that's not what rose said you know and so that's why i think the end is gonna be ben and ray showing compassion towards palpatine or like they're gonna offer him an out and palpatine is not someone who would take that so I think that's going to be his, you know, his own self-destruction. And I think that will be great for the Skywalkers because they can finally move on. They can just be like, okay, 
Palpatine's not someone that's going to haunt this family legacy for the rest of our lives. We're just truly going to move on. And I think that's a beautiful way to fix, you know, the end, the problems that the galaxy had and the Skywalkers had and all that stuff. So yeah, that's how I think it'll end. Obviously, it might not, but um, yeah, I think that'll be a really awesome way for Star Wars to end in a way that's like not expected at all because I don't think anybody wants... I don't think this is a very popular theory. I Just because I don't think... I think people want like a final awesome badass confrontation and we might get it, but I don't think it'll be in the way that we think. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that's all for jacku broadcast episode three thank you for listening i'll make sure to add the description for the reddit post for blind man baldwin and anything uh, if I, i'd like feedback uh for the podcast or just like you know if you want to hit us up at jacku broadcast at gmail.com we'd love to get emails and all that stuff um uh, about maybe this theory or just about how you're feeling about mark's comments about you know not playing luke anymore and all that kind of thing stuff if you want to hit us up for any reason or yeah and we're on itunes now so you can subscribe to us there and it'll be in your feeds yeah that's really exciting and yeah um so that's all for today thank you so much for listening and have a great day